and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hurts, and today we are continuing our 32 for 32 series with a look at the Dallas Cowboys. have a very special guest on to help me break down the Cowboys offseason. That is none other than a repeat appearance. Uh, you know, we can call him a long-term guest at this point. Marcus Moser, man- managing editor for the Raiders Wire, host of Locked On Cowboys and Locked On Dynasty Podcast. You can find his Twitter at Marcus underscore Moser on Twitter. Truly, you know, you, you, you'll never find a, a day where Marcus isn't putting out some good uh, – uh, some good Twitter goodness, whether it's a uh, highlight film, senior bowl goodness, or just Cowboys <laughs> stats. Marcus, thank you for the time, man. Yeah. Ian, thanks for having me on. And uh, thanks for uh, pumping out my Twitter. That's uh, that's where I put all my stuff out. So make sure you guys are checking it out. Yeah. One of those things, man, like people are always wondering how to get better at Twitter. Just do work, you know, whether you're writing or podcasting. And I think your best ideas will kind of come from that and then go ahead and tweet them out. What's going to happen? Some trolls you'll never meet make fun of you. It's all good, man. It's all yeah, good. And if, if the trolls are bothering you, you're, you're probably not cut out for this job anyways. And the mute button is a hell of a drug everyone <laughs> let me tell you that but we'll focus on the cowboys for now so uh as we've been doing in these episodes we we're gonna have uh go through three team needs with marcus go through a quick gut feel round where i shoot him some questions and then we'll get his offseason bull call hopefully in around 20 minutes so thank you as always for tuning in to pff fantasy football podcast and marcus let's get started with your three team needs for the cowboys ahead of 2021 season yeah, and they're all on defense. Uh, it's We're going to start with cornerback. It's a spot that's been a, a problem for the Cowboys over the last couple of years. Uh, Trevon Diggs is now their top cornerback, a second-round pick from Alabama. Uh, they need somebody else to fill in that opposite side. Byron Jones has gone to the Dolphins. Chidibe Ouzier is a free agent. Jordan Lewis is a free agent. Uh, I think corner is at the very, very top of their needs. And Ian, luckily for them, it's a pretty good free agent class. And there's some pretty good talent in the first round, top of the first round that the Cowboys could use to address that spot. It's amazing how they just really refused to even address Byron Jones leaving last year. And they had Shadobi and Jordan and Anthony Brown, but it's like, come on, that's a true you know, high end elite blue chip, number one cornerback. Do you just let walk for absolutely nothing? I mean, we've known that they've, you know, the Earl Thomas rumors for years. I mean, they've always mm-hmm. wanted this high end safety, but to not do anything last off season with that cornerback group, man, like I, I know, I think that was part of the scheme, but maybe with Dan Quinn there now, they can pay a little more attention in the corner room. You know, what's frustrating Ian is if they had the same scheme going into 2021 uh, that they had last year, they probably don't let Byron Jones go because he's a perfect cover three cornerback because he's got the size, the length and the athleticism. But when they made the change from that Kershaw shard defense in 2019 to a Mike Nolan style, uh, you know, aggressive three, four, they thought, Hey, we could get away with subpar cornerbacks. We don't need to spend 16, 17 million on Byron Jones. And look what we're doing now. We're talking about the Cowboys maybe spending a top 10 pick on a cornerback because it's such an issue. It's just – uh, it's laughable mismanagement the Cowboys have had over the last couple of years. Truly is, truly is. All right, what's your second team need? Yeah, it's at defensive tackle. And you can make a case that this should be at number one. The Cowboys had arguably the worst defensive tackles in the NFL last year. Gerald McCoy, their big free agent signing, went down in training camp. They were forced to rely on Tristan Hill, a second-round pick from 2019, and then Neville Gallimore, a third-round pick from 2020. Uh, Tristan Hill got hurt, didn't show a ton. Neville Gallimore had flashes. They need a true three technique that can stop the run and can create pressure on the quarterback. 
Now, this is the one spot where the draft does not have a lot of talent here, but there are some guys in free agency. They could also look to grab maybe a one technique uh, because we know Antoine Woods is not a long-term solution there as well. But interior defensive line, they've got to find somebody that can help uh, inside because, you know, Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory are good. Gets them some help inside creating some pass rush. See, this is, you know, the Byron, like refusing to address cornerback. I have like a big issue with that. I feel like they tried on the interior defensive line. They did try, yes. Getting Don Terry Poe, Gerald McCoy, like, you know, Poe just obviously didn't work out. McCoy got hurt. Just drafting Tristan Hill obviously didn't give him the sort of production you would hope for from a top 100 pick in the first year. But yeah, they're going to have to try again, man, because 2.3 yards per carry before first contact. Like we have some of these behind the scenes PFF like charts and, you know, they, it's a nice like scatter plot and they have all the team logos. Like I routinely miss the Cowboys on like run defense stats because they're so far removed from the rest of the league. They got the edge defenders. They got the linebackers that they're at least paying money for. Yeah, they got to get, you know, as you know, Jerry would like to say, one of those war daddy three techniques that can play on all three downs. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people are going to look at linebacker because Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith did not play well. Neither of them graded out particularly well. But to, you know, in fairness to them, the interior players that they were playing ahead of them were absolutely atrocious between the two, the two young kids in Gallimore and Tristan Hill. And then a bunch of guys off the street, they were playing Tyrone Crawford, a 270 pound edge inside. It's no wonder they struggled to stop the run so much. So I, I give them credit for trying because I think this defense would have been significantly better if Gerald McCoy played, uh, but that's no longer an option. You either have to go out and sign somebody, you're going to draft somebody, but this is going to be, probably their Achilles heel on defense. It's a good point there. I mean, it really does start up front. I know they had that Thursday night, or maybe even Wednesday night, against the Ravens where Leighton Van Der Esch got confused in the Lamar Jackson run. That, you know, went viral, and everyone's hating mm-hmm. on that, but truly does start at the line of scrimmage. And we saw those guys. It wasn't that long ago, literally two years ago, where we were talking about Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch having the sort of athleticism to go mm-hmm. sideline to sideline to stop guys like Alvin Kamara and make that the strength of the defense. So, yeah, improving those guys up front could also help improve and turn those linebackers. All right. What is your third team need? It's safety. Um, Ian, here are the safeties that are currently under contract for the Dallas Cowboys. You have Donovan Wilson, a six-round rookie from the 2019 draft. You have Darian Thompson, a bust from the Giants from a few years ago, a mid-round bust, a journeyman, and then Steven Parker, who the Cowboys have on their practice squad. And that's it. And it's it's (laughs) not great. Xavier Woods is a free agent. I don't think the Cowboys are going to bring him back. Uh, they tried to sign Ha Ha Clinton Dix in the offseason last year. Or they did sign him, uh, and that just turned out to be a whiff. They cut him before he even played a single game. Uh, they need safeties. I think they do like Wilson as a in-the-box strong safety. They need a free safety in this cover, uh, cover three defense that can play the middle of the field, that can take the ball away, that can be physical. And again, there's a lot of guys out in free agency, and the draft has a couple of names that we like. I expect this to be a position that the Cowboys can address and upgrade in free agency. Yeah, and just looking at, you know, $20-$21 uh, devoted to different positions via uh, over the cap. Cowboys have the six fewest dollars devoted to their overall defense, but third fewest at the safety position in particular. If you had to pick between cornerback and safety in this new Dan Quinn scheme, which one would you want to prioritize? I, I know it's, it's tough. Bo- 
but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's but it's tough because I feel a little bit better about the corners because Trevon Diggs I thought played really well, especially when he came back from the foot injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, they drafted Reggie Robinson, a kid from uh, you know you uh, sorry from Tulsa last year. They have Anthony Brown in the slot who is fine, right? So I feel a little bit better about that, but. Man, corners is what make this league go around. And if you don't have two good ones on the outside, especially in this cover three defense, you don't have a chance. So for me, it's corner. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. All right. So one thing you left off, I'm assuming it's because of something that were, it will inevitably happen, but there's no way Dak Prescott isn't wearing a star on his helmet next season, right? Because he is out there and we i think the report came out today they're saying it might be you know 175 million dollar offer potentially you know is there any way to let dak hit the market no not this year i I don't see any way in which dak is in a cowboy this year he he's going to get franchised and at the very worst he's going to make 38 million dollars guaranteed now if we get to this point next year ian and the cowboys really can't franchise him again i think he'd be like 54 million (laughs) dollars against the cap that's what I'm starting to think. Maybe, maybe his time in Dallas is running up. But as of right now, no, there's just no way he's not going to be the starting quarterback next year. Yeah. I mean, look, people like the rookie year was, I mean, for him to be that good as a rookie, we've almost never yeah. seen it before. But then since then, four straight years of marketed, you know, you can notable improvement in almost every single category you want to look at. That that's good. Thank God. Cause I can't imagine a world where they let him at the open market, but even then, man, like if you're not going to give Dak Prescott a four or five year deal, what quarterback are you waiting for? Well, and that's the thing is he's the perfect guy for the Cowboys. The teammates absolutely love him. The character is off the charts. Uh, the front office loves his personality. I don't know what we're waiting for Ian. Like I, I, I know Steven Jones likes to get a deal and that just doesn't happen at the quarterback position. Like a top five, top seven quarterbacks, not going to walk in there and say, Hey, yeah, I'll take $10 million below market value per year. It's just, it's not going to happen. And I think Dak is one of the few players that has told Steven Jones and Jerry Jones, Hey, pay me what the market says I should be paid. And I'm not going, I'm not going to sign a deal until I'm getting paid. And uh, I it just, it hasn't happened yet. I'm still optimistic that it will. Uh, but every day that goes on that it, he doesn't sign a deal, I'm becoming less and less optimistic that he will, you know, for, you know, be a cowboy for the rest of his career. You know, I, I really thought that after we just had that short stretch where Dak got hurt and after that we saw Dalton and these other guys, let's see, put up you 10 would, points, three points, nine points, 19 think, points. You would think. How is that not enough? But alas, we are dealing with the Dallas Cowboys after all. So great stuff there, Marcus. Again, those three team needs all devoted to defense. I'm with you, cornerback, safety, and defensive line. So now we're going to go through a bit of a gut feel round. Again, I, I'm asking these on February 1st. So I don't think, understand things can change in a hurry, but just want your base long-term thoughts from this point in time so without further ado look this wide receiver room is stacked i think you could easily call it to strengthen the team it's also tough to be you know too harsh on the tight end room with dalton schultz and hopefully a healthy blake jarwin coming back 2021 with that said you know i've seen some mock drafts with kyle pitts maybe going to the cowboys early <laughs> but do you see them splurging on tight end to actually try to get dak yet another weapon I could potentially see it because I think there's a chance that Kyle Pitts is by far the best player available on the board. Like I think you could make an argument that he's the best non quarterback in this draft. And while tight end isn't typically a position that goes in the top 10, he's not a typical tight end though either. Right. This is a guy that's six foot six, 245 pounds, where if you told me he was only an outside or an X receiver in the NFL, 
I think he's still a first round pick, but with his ability to get down the seam and to make plays after the catch, I think he's a special talent. However, I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. I, I don't think it's going to be uh, Kyle Pitts. I don't think it's going to be a defensive player either at number 10 for the Cowboys. I actually think they are going to go offensive line at number 10 uh, for a couple of different reasons. I'm not sure what the status of Tyron Smith is. He's an old 30 years old. Like he's been in the NFL forever. Uh, he's coming off neck surgery. That always makes you nervous. Lyle Collins is coming off double hip surgery. Uh, and for an offensive tackle, that's pretty big. You know, you came into camp in the three forties, three fifty range. Um, I, I think the Cowboys would be wise to take a tackle early, such as Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. You can slide him in at guard if you need to. Uh, but I think he's going to be an excellent left or right tackle in the NFL. The Cowboys, especially Mike McCarthy, uh, they value having a good offensive line. I think somebody like Rashawn Slater, if he is there at number 10, will be their pick. We're going to take a quick break to pay some bills. Have you ever wanted to give yourself better odds on winning a bet? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to do just that. All players who place a bet on Sunday night's basketball game between LA and Denver will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right. For every 1,000 players who bet the over on Sunday night's game, the over-under will drop by one full point. Every better who hammers the over in Sunday's Denver versus Los Angeles game helps to lower the game's over-under. And if that isn't enough excitement for you, there is a huge title fight happening this weekend at USC 258. So we need you to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to hammer the over on Sunday night's basketball game when LA takes on Denver. Again, for every 1,000 people that bet the over in Sunday's game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the overhitting. So tell your friends and family, this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code PFF for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan or Virginia only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or in Indiana 1 800 9 with it. Or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. PFF and Sunday Night Football's Chris Collinsworth is teaming up with one of the best players on and off the field. 49ers All-Pro cornerback Richard Sherman. The Chris Collinsworth podcast featuring Richard Sherman is available now wherever you find your podcast. They'll provide the most interesting football conversations and sports every single week, and sometimes that means the discussion will venture off the field too. Additionally, Chris will be taking a dive into the game of football as he sees it, inviting in the best and brightest to talk about everything that is happening in the great game of football. Mark your calendars. You do not want to miss the best 60 minutes of insight this season. And now back to the podcast. I like that bull call, man. Yeah, we've seen them over the years. I mean, obviously, it's been a while since they've been, you know, consistently churning out first-round pick offensive linemen. But even in years where it's not a screaming priority, they've used, you know, second or third-round picks to try to bolster that depth. The problem is, to your point, all these injuries, even Zach Martin missing, you know, parts of, of the end of the season. And you look at the salary cap devotion, only the Eagles and Raiders have more $20-21 tied up to the unit. And this kind of takes me into the next question. So, like, they would have to address the offensive line in the draft, probably with multiple picks, because there really isn't more room to spend any more high contract deals to this position group yeah and again there's a chance that maybe we see tyron smith retire maybe the cowboys move him via trade uh after they you know if a slater fell to them at 10 but i don't feel like the cowboys have any problem at all being the the number one team in salary cap dollars at offensive line they prioritize that position they believe that's the best way to win football games and it's hard to blame them right if you if you're going to pay 40 million dollars a year for Dak prescott why not give him one of the league's best offensive lines? Why not continue to invest 
cap space uh, draft picks into protecting him. Because if you can throw the ball better than, you know, every other team in the league, you've got a chance to win every single week. Yeah. So I, I don't blame him with that strategy at all. And that truly was what made Dak start to the season so special. I mean, I, I know they had to have their foot on the gas the entire time with that defense, mm -hmm. but, you know, we've seen him in years before, you know, even just not having Tyron Smith. I mean, the losing offensive lineman yeah. really tanked him, and it didn't matter this year. He was still making the most out of it. Fix that O-line, Cowboys. Keep Dak. We'll be talking about a great offense for years to come. All right, I want to switch over to defense here because you mentioned before Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory. You didn't mention Alden Smith, and it's interesting because he looked reborn last year, complete mm -hmm. monster. You know, whole offseason leading up was good news. Seemingly no setbacks, you know, personal or anything like that. He is now an unrestricted free agent. Do you think resigning him is the single biggest priority for the Cowboys on defense, or did he price himself out of returning? It's, it's difficult because I think Alden Smith, I think the Cowboys really liked Alden Smith. I, the coaching staff loves him. The front out office loves him. I'm not sure Alden Smith loves the fit with the Cowboys. I think there's other places that could better use, utilize his skill set. And when you're going to this 4-3 defense that really prioritizes speed, it's just not what Alden Smith is great at, right? He, his game is built on power and length. And I think he's a better fit to three, four defense that can, you know, maybe put him in space a little bit more. I feel like the Cowboys are really, you know, they're leaning into Gregory and Lawrence being their two defensive ends. They'll let Alden Smith go. They'll probably pick up a comp pick and then they'll find their next project because we've seen this now year in and year out, right? Between Robert Quinn and Alden Smith and George Selvey a few years ago, <laughs> the Cowboys have no problem at all trying to recycle these guys in. Greg Hardy is another guy that I failed to mention. I, I don't think they're going to invest any more money into the third defensive end on this roster. Yeah, even uh, it was at Rolando McLean, the linebacker, too, who I heard. David like, Irving. Yep, they've had a bunch of these guys. <laughs> There's one like every offseason. Yeah, but McLean one just cracks me up because I think it was like last year, like that they cut him and it was like, oh, he was still under contract yeah. this whole yeah. time. Absolutely, absolutely wild. So, yeah, Cowboys, again. All the money to Lawrence and, you know, Gregory, they certainly prioritize this, uh, you know, pass rush, on the, which I understand doing that. But do you think now, like, how much stock are you putting into Dan Quinn being there, potentially changing the identity of this defense? Because it is now their third guy in three straight years. Do you think he's just going to kind of do the most with what he, you know, is, is made available to him? Or can we actually see his defense finally start to put more importance in the secondary? I don't know. I feel like he's probably the most proven of the last three guys between Chris Richard. Uh, Mike Nolan and, uh, you know, obviously Dan Quinn. But I think the goal here, Ian, is just to be average at defense. Like, honestly, I think that's the goal is to spend as few or uh, as least amount of dollars as possible to be average on defense because they believe the offense is going to be a top two or three unit in the NFL. And I don't think they're wrong. And if they can be average, they're going to win 10, 11, 12 games. Can Dan Quinn do that? I don't know. I feel like his scheme is a little stale. I feel like they're, they're, they're more likely to be like the 20th, 21st defense in the NFL, but we we'll see. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not completely down on him. I think he's fine. I just don't think he's anything fantastic. Yeah. And it's tough to expect one coach completely change a unit, but we will see with that. All right. Last question here, Ezekiel Elliott. Man, this contract quickly becoming absurd. And you look at it, and if nothing changes, man, he is due $16.6 million in 2026. I understand, you know, there are different <laughs> times where you can get dead cap, you can get it out there. But truly, like that number is just insane. Is this just the way it's going to be? Has Zeke done enough for the Cowboys to just continue to be their bell cow because they have so much money invested in him? Or do you think the emergence of Tony Pollard over this last year, particularly, has changed their long term view already? 
there's nothing that makes me sadder in this world than having to talk about Ezekiel Elliott's contract <laughs> because I thought it was, it, it was, I don't know why they, they decided to cave to him during the 2019 season when he was hanging out in Mexico, uh, you know, and the Cowboys would have been fine without him, but that's a different story. Um, I think as we get further into this contract, the Cowboys are going to do their best to manage his touches so that he maintains value. Um, now that doesn't mean that they're going to make it a full-time split between Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, but I do think there's going to be times where it's appropriate to change the pace up. i still think Elliott's going to be good for 20 touches a game, uh, but maybe they try to rotate him in more often. I think that's better for Elliott too. I think it helps maintain his value. I think it helps save his legs a little bit. We actually saw Ian at the end of the season, Elliott played much better. I think it was because he was fresher than we've ever seen him before. Um, but in general, in a vacuum, that contract is is really bad. And you're probably not going to start you know, being able to consider getting out of it until 2023 at the earliest. Yeah. His age, 28 season. It's rough. It's rough. Yeah, it's not that Zeke is a bad running back or anything. It's just that for this sort of money, you wish you were getting a true top three, if not top one option at the position, which he just simply right. hasn't been. But you mentioned, man, he missed week 15, came back week 16 against the Eagles. I believe he broke 11, he forced 11 missed tackles that game, which was PFF's single highest game mark of the entire year. So, you know what? I think it's more like Tony Pollard has looked so good behind him because Tony Pollard, pull up any stat you want. He's been one of the best running backs mm -hmm. in the league over the past few years. Now, I know there's something to be said about someone doing it on you know 400 touches compared to you know 200 like a tony pollard but you know right. what might just be a situation where you want to get both those running backs on the field a little bit more because both of them especially zeke when he's rested can provide juice to as to your point already a top two top three offense in the league yeah and i think there's going to be certain game scripts coming up that more benefit zeke right games in which they've got a lead and they just need to run clock i think that's going to be beneficial games in which they need big plays or against defenses that are maybe a little bit slower I think Pollard makes a lot of sense as well. So I do think they're set at, if you just ignore the contract, right. And we just look at these two as a pairing. I think they're, they're pretty set there. I think they've got one of the better tandems in the league. Uh, but when you factor in the salary, that's when it gets a little bit wonky. Yeah. That's, that's when it gets wonky. Perfect. Perfect way of putting it there. All right. You mentioned this before, but I want you to reiterate off season bowl call. Sounds like you got a guy in mind at pick number 10. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to go uh, offensive tackle Rashawn Slater because I am not convinced that both that, that both of the Cowboys' offensive tackles will be back in 2021, whether that's trade, whether that's a release, or potentially retirement. Uh, we shall see what the future holds for the Cowboys at left and right tackle. Yeah, man, if it is the you know the end of the career for Tyron Smith, what, what a, a career. What a career it was, man. I, 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 okay, you can say what you want about the NFL's like top 100 list, but I always hear, I always love when they get to him wherever he's ranked because they just interview like defensive linemen and they're like, the second this guy touches you, the place is dead. Yeah, well, yeah, and not only is he maybe the strongest offensive tackle in the league, he might be the most athletic. Like we we've seen him, you know, you know, hit some ridiculous marks in the the in the miles per hour, like in the next gen stats, and his ability to move so effortlessly is incredible. Uh, Thirty six inch arms that are, I mean, just like vines for arms. So just a, just an incredible player, and I'm, I'm hoping that we get to see one, two, three more years of Tyron yeah, Smith. Yeah, but man, that dude's been playing through the pain. Best wishes to Tyron either way. That's going to do it, everybody. Marcus, thank you for the time, man. Let the people know what you got on the docket for the offseason. 
Yeah, we've got NFL draft stuff coming up at the game day. We've got Raider Wire stuff uh, at USA Today, Locked On Cowboys podcast, Locked On Dynasty podcast. We preview Travis Etienne on Monday. Uh, just a lot going on. Great stuff from Marcus. Again, 365 a day a year. We don't have time for these other sports people. It's football all day, every day, and it will continue to be so. So he's Marcus. I'm Ian. Thank you, as always, for tuning to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. And until next time, take care, everybody. 